Welcome to Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 80 of Attenuation of Your Podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined in person today by my best friend since eighth grade, Stephen. Hello. This is weird. Yeah, it's like the weirdest thing we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so we have just finished both sessions at Great American Beer Festival, and I guess we're just going to talk about it. Yeah, again, this is uh, kind of cool like to be in the same room. I don't know how to record a podcast with another person in the room. <laughs> Yeah. So what did you think? It was a lot of fun. We saw some gentlemen on the uh, escalator up and they looked at their ticket and they explained to each other that they had tickets to heaven. And I distinctly remember feeling that way the first time. <laughs> Plus the escalators are going up and it's kind of this, yeah. That's true. It does feel like you're ascending <laughs> into heaven. But I uh, I don't feel exactly that level of excitement anymore, but I, yeah. it's close. Yeah, we probably said something equally stupid the first year but yeah I, I don't know it's exciting to me i think i get super super hyped when i'm looking at the list and picking out where i want to go and then you get there and it's and there's so many people and i don't really like people <laughs> so it's like oh okay and then i have all my you know my glass in my hand anxiety that i have yes. to fight with but it's funny like every each location i go to i get my the beer and then i have to like walk out and try and find some sort of like clear area where i'm not bumping elbows with people yes before i can like smell and taste my beer yeah well i know people do kind of just bump into you all the time so yeah you do have to protect protect the beer yeah well it's like almost like i can't think about what i'm doing until i'm in like a free space with no other people but yeah so it's a i mean what this is our fourth year i think so yeah kind of crazy it is crazy i think that we've done this four times and we still don't know what we're doing <laughs> So yeah, I'm getting back to the excitement part. It's definitely exciting to me. And I think this year, even more so, because I just felt like more connected to the everything that we were doing because of the podcast and what we learned about these beers and stuff. Yeah, I feel like we had a deeper appreciation for like a lot of the styles because of all of the deep dives we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, this is a year where, like, I, you know, with the stouts, I mean, that was like the main things on our list anyway. And I was actually excited about them this year. Yeah, you actually like them this time. Yeah. I called it. We got to go back to what episode yeah, when, it was. <laughs> when you said I was going to I was going to like it. Yeah. Going to learn to like it. Yeah. It comes to the dark side. I mean, I think it's partially a level of like where we're at in our beer drinking, where I'm at least, you know, where I I need something to challenge me. Right. And those will continuously challenge me, challenge me. And I think like picking flavors out of those is a lot harder too. It's hard in that environment as well. There's a lot of this stuff going on. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So we'll recap first session. First beer we even tried, I think, was uh, we just kind of walked by Cane Brewing. And we, mm-hmm. I remember that being on our list. And so we tried a barrel aged out from them called uh, Night Tend All Dawns. Yes. And it ended up being one of my favorite beers of the whole festival. Just like one of the best chocolate tasting 
here. Like this amazing dark chocolate flavor, but like it felt like you were drinking like a really, really expensive, fancy dark chocolate. <laughs> nice. <yeah. laughs> you know, not like Hershey's dark chocolate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it just tasted like liquid dark chocolate to me. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good starting, and I knew right away from your reaction that you were gonna have a good time because. <laughs> Now, because you, you, I knew you were going to enjoy a lot of the rest of the styles we were going to try. <laughs> yeah, so that was a good way to start off. I guess kind of it, like, in a way became the standard that I was measuring everything else up to. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's really, really, really good. Okay, I really, really like that. And then everything else was like, okay, do I like that more than I did? <laughs> we should have went back and got them. it again, like, halfway through. Yeah. The stuff was kicking a lot this year, though. <laughs> that really, really surprised me. And maybe, I think too that we were so in tune this year with like the stuff that the elite beers there Mm -hmm. that we were trying to get all the elite beers and those are the ones that were running out which makes sense but yeah i feel like we got the first night or her first session we got to bottle logic within the first hour and that uh pistachio cryo preservation we had already kicked and i was like no oh my gosh this stuff is gonna go so fast yeah there with their lineup i guess it wasn't surprising but that one yeah but that one went so fast. But even like to like at the end of the second session, Russian River had run out of everything. Yeah, there were a couple. Russian River, Weldworks, they literally cached every beer they were pouring. It was wild because we were kind of walking by and they said, oh, look, the Russian River line is so short. Let's go yeah. check out what they have. And we walked up and they had nothing. Yeah, I guess we should have known. That's that. why they had a I guess, short line. I guess that's why. Yeah, no line, yeah. And this was like, I mean, that... There was still probably an hour left. Yeah, it wasn't at the end of the session. Uh, and I don't know whether that historically that happens or not. I don't remember it happening to that level. Stuff runs out, but I, I don't remember yeah. seeing like a lot of brews where they just ran out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Let's talk about some other favorites. Okay. What well, was your favorite? Well, I got to do the experiment I plant, set out to do. I got to drink Rusty Nail from uh, Fremont. Fremont Brewing and Fundamental Observation from Bottle Logic within like 10 minutes of each other, which is amazing. And yeah, it was no contest. Fundamental Observation is still my favorite beer in the world. Should have had like a drum roll before that. <laughs> and it was really good. I don't know that bottle I had. I felt like it had lost some of its character. Maybe it was a little too old, but whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe it was the excitement the of the nail. festival. No, the bottle, uh, the uh, final oh, observation. Oh, okay. Because okay. I, I drank one like a couple weeks ago, I think, or a couple months ago on the podcast. Okay. And I felt a little underwhelmed by it, and that's kind of why I felt like, oh, maybe Rusty Nail's better. But when I chased them yeah. in this setting, and I assume under like conditions where the beer was properly stored and stuff, that bottle I got, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, through the mail, and I just don't know if it, it, it was already a couple years old. I don't know like how properly stored and stuff that so i can't okay, okay. vouch for it's you know how just how good it was but you know obviously what they're bringing to the festival has been they're bringing their best right so all yeah, that stuff's right. been carefully transported and right temperatures have been maintained so yeah that was the highlight for me and then actually just bottle logic in general we also were lucky enough to try one of their magnum timed pours the fall of izumi uh, uh, umibozu i think yeah umibozu yeah yeah and it had yeah, so this this beer is brewed with oh, it was a it was a collab with Toppling Goliath, Toppling Goliath which was yeah. exciting for you because they yeah, weren't there. they're they don't come anymore and it's really frustrating to me, but I won't cry too much about that. Uh, I'll just write them a nasty email. <laughs> no, uh, 
Yeah, so it was a collaboration with Toppling Goliath, and it, they use these amazing, apparently amazing coffee beans. You had never heard of them, right? No. Geisha coffee beans. Yeah, I, I'm is, not a coffee person, but I'm the sure. the first time I'm, I learned about them, but apparently they're like not bitter at all. That's <laughs> the thing. It's like a bitterless coffee. Uh, so they're highly sought after beans. Apparently they wanted to make a beer with them, which some people, I like. I was reading some like beer advocate reviews of this beer, and they were like, I mean, it's good, but probably not worth putting these beans into beer. But yeah. I'm sure there was some coffee people that were probably like, how dare they waste <laughs> geisha. Right. But I, but no, it, I mean, it made a fantastic beer. Uh, and well, one of the things I kind of learned over all these stouts that we drank over the last couple of days is that I do like coffee forward stout. I mean, which is funny because I think like one of my favorite beers was the, the cane brewing stout, but which seemed to be a lot, lot cho- more chocolate. But overall, I like to get a good coffee note. And this one just happened to be really good because it didn't have that, that rough roasted character. It was just this nice coffee flavor without any bitterness. Right. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic. I'm yeah. glad we, I'm really glad we hit that one. Yeah, that was exciting. I'm looking up some of these uh, Geisha coffee beans, and I don't know if this is the correct thing I'm looking at, but 24 ounces costs $170. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, so I think that's, that's why. Uh, Ooh, they put some money into they're that They're saying one. it's no joke with those coffee beans, like, that they use those, so. Man, they poured that for free at the beer festival. Oof. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fun when you get to do some of those times forward. We had a, so that was a good experience. They actually had a separate line that kind of formed. So the main lineup was available on one line, and then they created a separate line, and they were doing a good job of managing it. There were some people that were in the main line that I saw get kicked out to the sideline because they wanted to try that beer. We did not have the same experience trying to drink Utopias. Yeah. Well, and I think like, yeah, and thinking about it, like it's so, it's so smart because you don't, you, if you're, it's going to be a timed release, you don't want to try and be like in the line at the right time so that you get up to the front because you get up to the front one minute early and you have to pick some other beer and then go back to that. Like right. you need a separate line if you're going to do a timed thing. It just makes sense. And yeah, that Utopias. So if, if you don't know, this beer is... We've talked about this before, but it's like a, I think 26% or something. It's some absurd. Yeah, it's a really high ABV. This is a beer that Sam Adams has made. Uh, actually, we, we listened to um, Sam Gallagione from Dogfish Head. We listened to him do a little talk thing, and he mentioned some sort of fight between them and Sam Adams. They were doing like yeah, a, to make who the could make beer. the stronger beer, yeah. And so that's kind of what, what this beer was born out of was that competition. But And it's aged in like 10 different kinds of barrels, and it's just it's absurd. ridiculous. But it's one of those things like, well, if you're going to try it, like you might as well try it for free at the beer festival because these bottle, bottles of these are like 200 and something dollars. Like it's a ridiculous price to pay for a beer. So we really wanted to do it and experience it, but you know, so did everyone else at the beer festival. Well, and this year they didn't do a line. Yeah, so what they didn't do a separate line. Yeah. About 30 minutes before they were going to pour it, there was just like a pack of people gathering around the station, not walking up and ordering beers. They're just there to pounce. And I kind of asked one of the guys working, I was like, are you guys going to create like a dedicated line for Utopias? And he's like, just be creative. And then there was a hundred people there being creative, quote unquote, but it was yeah. going to become chaos. Yeah, big mob. And I didn't like it. So we were dissuaded by that process. Yeah, we protested. And, yeah. <laughs> by not 
Well, that's because we tried both times, and the first time we got there just way too late. Yeah. And there was just a massive press of people. But it became pretty obvious that's what was going to happen the second time. And we just didn't really want to deal with it. Yeah, I think just, I don't know, it was just too many bodies. Yeah. I don't really like those situations where it's weird because... Honestly, throughout the whole festival, it's kind of hard because you have these, like, especially the, the breweries with longer lines, you kind of are, like, in the walkway, and so people have to kind of walk in front of you, mm-hmm. and everyone is just so happy and to be there, and they're very nice, and nobody's really, nobody's, for the most part, I don't, like, we don't, you don't really have, like, rudeness, no. you know? And I just felt like it was going to be the one situation where, like, people bad behavior was going to yeah. come out, and it just, yeah. Didn't seem like it. Had a bad vibe. I might write a long email to Sam Adams. Yeah, we <laughs> both have emails to write. Because I know you're right. I remember when we didn't know what Utopia's was. We saw this massive, like, single file line. Yeah. And we were like, "What is this line?" And it was the Utopia line. So I know historically, they've made a dedicated line for it. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want to deal with it, I guess. Yeah, they should almost like put them in a in a place where they can like have a nice line that wraps. Mm-hmm. You know, put them in an end cap that faces yeah. the open area thing. And actually, that's a great segue into the organization of the oh. islands. Okay, maybe we're just dumb or we get drunk and confused or no, something. No, it was not us. So they, it was all alphabetical this year. Except? <laughs> Except for, like, the ones you want to go to. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, some of these really good breweries had, like, bigger end cap displays. Well, they didn't put them anywhere near the letter they were supposed to be at. So Weldworks, a W brewery, is at the end of one of the islands that had like ends. Yeah. And so, and the other problem is that your, this GABF app that is web-based is completely useless because you don't have service in this building. Yeah. And every once in a while you have like a pocket of service where you could like load the map, but not always. So unless you can find one of the maps that they have on the wall or something, like it's just it's like why it's literally impossible. Like if you don't know, you don't know. And there's like not really anybody to ask. No. Yeah. It's pretty frustrating because you would just go to the letter, walk the whole island and not see it. <laughs> and you see the spot where it would be like alphabetically. And you're like, wait, where is it? Yeah. You kind of just had to wander and look for it. Yeah. So that was a I don't know why they do that. I really just don't. I mean, just put it, if you get an end cap, just put it, put it somewhere with, with by, yeah, by those put letters. put it by the letters. Yeah. Other than that, the alphabetical order did work good, but we ran into like three or four breweries that we just could not find. Yeah. We eventually found them. So <laughs> we find all of them. I feel like we gave up on one of them. We never found Pizza Port. Right. Which we were really excited to try because <laughs> they won so many awards, but <laughs> yeah, we just couldn't find them. Well, uh, we also got we did we were suffering from the effect of like when you get kind of tipsy, you get kind of distracted. Oh so yeah. So we'd be going somewhere, but then we would see like five things along the way and stop for those, and then forget where we were going. Actually, one of the surprises that I forgot that I like I forgot I wanted to go there was Shades Brewing. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that had all those sours, the ones that were like oh right. they had the prickly pear, the pina colada. Yeah. And what was the other one? Oh, yeah, it was a peach cobbler sour. And I, like, I follow Shades on Instagram. They're actually out of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to me when I get a good brewery out of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Not known for their beer prowess. Yeah, but alcohol consumption. Yeah, but no, they, they do some really fun stuff. And they're really big in the Salt Lake City community. And so it was cool to support them and make their beer. They're 
they were their sours were really good. Yeah, we saw that was another kind of thing we kind of noticed is we saw what well, was a topic during the speech um, from was it Sam Sam Gallagione? Yeah, from Dr. Shed. Someone asked him kind of like when are we ever going to get back to like 2019 numbers of beer sales? It was one of the brewers that was there. And one of his points is that the tastes have sort of changed a little bit. Then he said like, I can't remember what percentage of the market share is consumed by people like 20, 20 was like to 35. Yeah, 20 like to 35. And kind of like what they like is deviating. He even said the craft beer, what did he say? Something along the lines of craft beer is what my dad drinks. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It was kind of like he kind of summed it up perfectly in a single single phrase without realizing he had done it and it was uh rubbed a lot of the brewers there the wrong way but i think he's right to a certain extent and it wasn't really reflected at the beer fest because no there was no like there was only a few places that had like smoothie sours at all and they kicked instantly mm-hmm. like we had to make it a point to go the second day directly to is it corporate ladder corporate ladder and 903 um, 903 um well and then even like i mean even breweries like Worldworks, right Mm-hmm. What the first beer that kicked today? Yes, was a boba sour. Their boba sour kicked, and they had hog boba sour for media. Uh, yeah, medio Nietzsche like super rare collaborations, and those those lasted longer than the boba sour. Yeah, yeah. it's just like that's the beer landscape. Yeah. And I, the, and what was interesting though was you could tell that there was a lot of interest among the people around us in these stouts too, in these yeah. barrel aged stouts. So it's like that. I feel like is always just going to be where the nerds go. Yeah. And and the other drinking crowd is want to drink stuff that they like, and yeah. really that's the smoothie sours, the sours, fruited stuff. And I mean, I think like there will always be those people that like the West Coast IPAs yeah. and hoppy stuff but certainly was not a highlight of the no beer festival this year no at all yeah it was really hard to find some of the we only had a few hoppy a few. things on our yeah. list and i looked through, i remember we did a pretty intense search of uh, what was going to be there yeah and there just wasn't that many yeah. super high rated and i think that change is really really slow because when you have a if you know you have a 15 year range of people that are making up 70 percent of the drinking but you have to remember that if it's 15 you know, 15 years from now, yeah, that's a whole new group of people that they are going to have different tastes. And yeah, so it is kind of interesting because you do have the old heads there, which I guess we're kind of <laughs> part of almost. But yeah, um, yeah, kind of still like those styles that are popular. And of course, you're going to have people that are new to the beer scene that end up liking some of the older styles too. But it's yeah. kind of everything changes a little bit. And it's kind of saying like, yeah, you don't have to sell your soul. Like you can still do what you want to do but um, you do have to be a little bit in tune to what people are buying yeah 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 and it was pretty funny to sit there and listen to him say that and i mean it's actually nice that he was saying it because this is sam galagione i mean (laughs) he's kind of one of the ogs yeah so if he's telling you to make a smoothie sour (laughs) like you should probably be making this you know what i mean like if he's telling, and he makes weird stuff. Dr. Shedd has always made weird stuff, but he, I think the, the really good point, cause he said, if I was starting a brewery right now. Oh yeah, that was fun. And maybe that's a little bit of the difference is if he was starting it now, he would be doing stuff. Well, one, he'd be doing, you know, stuff like the smoothie sours and stuff, but he would also not be looking at distributing. Yeah, he said, I would try to sell 100% of my beer. Yeah, all on-premises, yep. which, you know, we've been saying here at Attenuation <laughs> Beer Podcast is the secret to success. 
well in this like <clears throat> super saturated yeah in this market. market he kind of basically said verbatim kind of what we talked about before is that like when he started there wasn't that much competition so he did this novel thing and there wasn't a lot of people drinking craft beer back then either but as it got more popular, they were able to expand. Yeah, and there not was really a sweet run spot of time yeah. where, yeah, you could... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, it's Dogfish Head, Sam Adams. I mean, I really feel like the Brewers Association, their definition of, like, craft beer, <laughs> they just make it so, like, Sam Adams fits that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, Sam Adams gets bigger, they just have to bump that number up right. a little higher just to make sure that Sam Adams... Yeah. Yeah. So they don't lose that whole percentage because like it, it still is it's craft beer mm-hmm. and uh, but it's on the distribution level it's so much different than yeah than really what like I think what most breweries can do now I mean Stone had that for a long time but even they like got in trouble with expanding expanding yeah so yeah, yeah it's just a different different uh, playing field now yeah but the idea that like a brewery now you really should be focusing on your local community mm-hmm. and on-premise beer sales yeah and because he was saying you know you make 100 percent on the on-premise but when you're distributing you're paying 30 percent of your profit to the distributor and then 30 percent to the end sales like the store it ends up yeah. in so it's a good point you do it is a you get a little bit less you get a lot less margin on yeah. stuff you're selling off-premise yeah uh okay i want to talk about sours now Okay. Because uh, I drank some good ones today. Ferris Spontaneous from Firestone Walker. That was so good. Probably my favorite beer of the whole thing. Just because I can't pick a stout for that because I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I love a spontaneous sour. So Ferris Spontaneous from Firestone Walker. Firestone Walker was very high on my list too today of breweries that I just love. Uh, we had a coconut parabola. That was so was good. Fantastic. You drank something else from them. I, I drank something. It was called the Brewer's Reserve or something. It was a smoked porter. It was a barrel-aged smoked porter. Yes. It was really, really good. I love that smoky flavor in that. And then you drank a... This boiler room? Something boiler like room, yeah. Or something boiler. It was a milk stout. Barely. Boiler maker. Boiler maker. Yeah. You liked that one? It, I liked it. It was really sweet. It was pretty good. I liked the parabola the best. Yeah, that coconut parabola was pretty bomb. But yeah, fair, spontaneous. So that, I really liked the peach pie sour from Weldworks. I was going to say, you liked the Weldworks sour. Yep. I always like Weldworks sours. I think Weldworks had the best lineup. Like, as a whole. Yeah, because they had juicy bits. Yep. So oh, I had the fresh hop. the fresh hop, hop juicy bits. was so good. Did you try that one? Yeah, I tried it. <laughs> it's, it was really good, especially like I'm, I'm pretty intimately familiar with Juicy Bits. Like it's one of my favorite beers of all time. Mm-hmm. So a fresh hop version, they really did it right. Like it just was a very, very fresh tasting Juicy Bits. Yeah, it was good. And then they had sours because they had the well, unfortunately missed it, but they had the boba sour. Mm-hmm. And then they had that peach sour, and then they had a variety of other beers, and then they had. Four barrel aged. Mm-hmm. They had, they had regular, Otra Noche. Yes. Oh yeah, we need to talk about Otra Noche. But yeah, Medi- the regular Media Noche, Starry Noche. Yes. There's a coconut. Yeah, coconut coffee Media Medi- Noche. And then Otra. And then Otra Noche. You want to talk about Otra Noche? Oh Noche? yeah, well, I was so excited. I didn't know this existed, but it was one I really wanted to try just the regular 2022 vintage because I had heard it's an amazing barrel aged out and it was but they had one that was a collaboration with other half and they added caramel banana vanilla and vanilla yeah and it paired 
it was perfect. Like, it's exactly the flavors that could mix into that beer. It was so good. But we went back. I went back to get it again, but it was gone. Because I, yeah. I wanted to drink, drink it a second time. I'm a big fan of banana being added to my stouts. Yes. And in fact, like, one of the first stouts I ever had was at the Beer Fest the first year from New Holland. I got, they don't never come back. They don't come to the Beer Festival anymore. But New Holland Brewing, they have their Dragon's yeah, Milk. Yeah, Dragon's Milk. Which is a very, um, it's an interesting, like, that's kind of your commercially available barrel-aged stout. It's like a, it's, yeah, I would consider it like a gateway uh, beer right? to the barrel-aged stout. Because it is barrel-aged, I think, even just a regular Dragon's Milk. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, but they have this Dragon's Milk Reserve series, and so they've done multiple different iterations of different, with different adjuncts. But the one I tried at the Beer Festival the first year was Banana Coconut, I believe. Some sort of banana iteration. And I just remember drinking it thinking like, oh, maybe I can like stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just love the banana. I'm a, like, I love banana splits. Yes. That's what I used to always get, like Dairy Queen and stuff. So I just love the, the banana chocolate mix. Yeah, it's a really excellent combination. You don't see it done that often. No. Yeah, that, that Ocho Noche was fantastic. Yeah, so they just had an incredible lineup, and they had a really nice end cap. There was big lines, yep. but they were moving quickly. They were pouring fast. Yeah, I mean, they poured from, like, four different stations. Mm-hmm. They had four different lines, and it was going fast. And they had nice and big signage. We got back in the line, like, four times. Yeah, there. yeah. And what's funny, too, is actually when I first got in the line, I it kind of, the way they had their menu set up, it kind of looked like maybe you could only get certain beers from that certain line. But then they had a nice big sign that said, no, all beers are pouring from yeah. every, every line. So it was just, yeah, their signage was good. Their Oh, and they did something awesome. I really appreciated. Like, if you're going to go all the way to Great American Beer Festival, and you're going to bring these, like, ultra-rare collabs, they were spraying out the taster. They basically, all the pourers had a water bottle, a mister, and they would just, like, saturate the inside of your glass and pour it pour it off just so you make sure you had fresh clean glass otherwise you can because you really can't contaminate if you drink if you're drinking like a 14 percent braille age stout and then you just drink it but there's a little bit left in the bottom of the glass and they pour something else into that that's like light yeah it does affect it yeah it's funny actually this is because this is the first year where we were really drinking. I was drinking a lot of stouts. I was like, man, these beers are like sticky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they coat that glass. Yeah, like you really got to rinse them out. Yeah, you really had. I I used a lot of water every time I washed my glass out because I, yeah, they they stick around. Yeah. Anything else? Any other beers that st- stood out? Did you like the, uh, we spent actually a little bit of time over at the Wish We Were, Wish we were Here. Oh, Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they didn't have the smoke. Yeah, we did not find the Alaskan smoke porter. I think I think there were different lineups at that Wish We Were Here section, depending on the session. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. But yeah, they did not have Alaskan smoke porter. There was a sleeper there. Did it, you like Nightmare Fuel? I did River really North? like Nightmare Fuel. But there was, I think the real sleeper of the whole place was, it was one of the ones that was, wish you were there. It was Assembled Armor from Melvin Brewing. It's a blend of imperial stouts and barley wine aged in bourbon barrels with sesame seeds, smoked sea salt, maple syrup, and cinnamon. It was wild. It was Sounds so wild. good. But yeah, it was just kind of like this random beer there. They had, I don't know, 20 bottles of it, and they were just pouring it out of the bottles. <laughs> really cool, like, samurai on the bottle. 
So awesome. It was fun. It was just kind of like a random beer I wasn't expecting to try. And it was very good. Yeah, I actually um, I found a really good one there too. They were there's there were two beers. One called Germophile. This is one of the other wild ales that I, I really liked. It's called Germophile, and then they had a Germophile pineapple version. And these were from Rowley Farm House Brewing or Rowley Farms something. It's I think it's in New Mexico, Santa Fe, I believe. And they were really 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 good. Nice biting sour beers. The pineapple one was like, it was really like biting into like the most sour pineapple, but like very fresh tasting. It was super good. But yeah, some winners over there for sure. Ooh, I got to try Kolshan Goza. Yeah, we both the, did. Uh, heavy metal table. That was good. It's perfect Goza. Yeah. Yep, I drank it and then I went straight back and just got another glass. Yeah, I saw full. you get more. And it was funny because the guy was like kind of caught off guard because I, like, I was just there <laughs> and then I was getting the same beer and he was like, Oh, oh, again? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> like, yes, yes, I need more of this. Yeah, it's quite the privilege to pay to a beer when you have like 500 choices to drink one twice. Yeah. We didn't get anything from Rubens, but they didn't have their Goza. No. If they had go- Rubens Goza, I would have. I would have got that for sure. Yeah, for sure. But they were one that they brought some IPAs, Asia IPAs, old news. <laughs> Actually, I tried the Hazy IPA from Weldworks as well, Robo Boogie. Okay, yeah. And it was very good. It didn't, like, blow me away, but it was very good. And they ran out of that, too, so. Yeah, a lot of stuff ran out. That's crazy. So, a successful beer fest. I feel like we learned a couple new tips and tricks, too. Okay, what is that? So, the number one tip and trip, or <laughs> tip and trick, <laughs> is just go, like, five minutes after the session starts. Yeah. I think this was that was kind of by accident. We just it sort of by like accident. it was by accident. Yeah, just we so I mean, kind of late. we were doing so much. We tried to get so much done in the first day, and you know, by the time we got to our hotel finally and um, got to the beer festival, and even then, like we still were kind of waiting in line. Yeah, but but it, I mean, the first year we went, we were like you know we went hours early, and you stand in line outside the building, and then it takes forever to go in the building. And then you're standing like on the floor, but they like lock you in the, you know, the pens, basically. The, the cattle gate. Yeah, the cattle gate. <laughs> and then we stood there for like an hour. And the problem is like, maybe this is me being old, but then you've been on your legs for two hours standing before you even start a four hour beer session. Yeah. And you're just like tired, like right off the bat. I mean, you got a lot of adrenaline, but your, your legs just tire out faster. Whereas if you just go like five minutes after the session starts, you kind of just like walk through everything. Yeah. Everything goes real quick and you make it in. I think we were in like 12 minutes after the session started. So you haven't really missed anything. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. missed, you could have tried maybe like five or six things in that window, but I don't know. We just, if even that, if yeah. even that, and then we kind of just went straight to the, I mean, we kind of kept track of what kicks that we missed on the first session and just went straight for those. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. It's sec- nice just to walk straight in. Yeah, I think you sacrifice like 15 minutes. I think it's your first time and you want to be there like the second it starts. There is this, a level of excitement to that. I remember like everyone cheers and they ring a big bell or whatever. And, yeah. But yeah, if it's, I don't know, if it's not your first time, and I, <laughs> I think you do gain a lot of just so much more relaxing just to roll in. Yeah, um, for You sure. don't lose that much. Oh, and my second tip is just go to the porta potties. Oh yeah, it's so much faster. No one likes the porta potties. The lines for the bathrooms are super long, but if you go to the porta potty section, they'll have like a door that says "more bathrooms." They just have like a thousand porta potties lined up. You can just use one right away. 
Yeah, there was basically no waiting. Yeah, and they all had hand sanitizer in them. Yeah. Yeah, some people just like a real bathroom, I guess. <laughs> or maybe they just don't know about it. But yeah, that yeah, the porta potty section. That's my that's a good tip. Yep, you'll definitely save. And that. you have to walk right by the karaoke stage, so you get lovely oh, drunk gosh. people singing. <laughs> there was we got Yasso ice cream bars both times, both yes. sessions. That was that was awesome. Eat as much as you can while you drink beer because it helps. And then I guess we have to talk about our um. Uh, the hangover cure. Oh, yeah. So, well, we drink a lot of Gatorade. That's been good. But we also use this stuff called Mac, which was recommended to me by a coworker. He found me actually a couple of days before we left and said, hey, you have to try this. And it's actually what they give to people who have overdosed on Tylenol. Okay. So it's very, very liver protective. So the actual, the one chemical is... uh N-acetyl-L-cysteine, or NAC for short, N-A-C. So they give it both in Tylenol overdose, and they also give it in, like, to people who have been, like, very, very drunk. Like, uh, alcohol toxicity, kind of. Yeah, like, like, like a, poisoning. Like, yeah, too much alcohol. And then it comes in, like, a supplement form with some other, like, a bunch of B vitamins. The, the B12, which we talked about on the Hangover Cure episode. Yeah, that's another, that's a vitamin that they, that alcoholics are deficient in. Mm. So they, I don't know, just one of those things like, ah, you're probably not a horrible thing to give you. The daily value is 10,000. Oh, wow. If you take three capsules, which you're supposed to take three before you drink and three after you drink. So you get like 20,000 times your recommended daily value, B12. But <laughs> it's a water-soluble vitamin, so you'll just pee out whatever your body doesn't use. But, uh, but they hit you hard with that. So it's just, yeah, it's just got kind of like a multivitamin, and then it's got that knack and some milk thistle C, which apparently is another liver protective supplement. So, but I felt like it worked. I do too. I woke up the next day and I kind of described it to Stephen. Like I felt like I had a hangover, but I felt like someone put a big warm blanket over it. <laughs> so like if I didn't pay attention to it, I would stop noticing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I felt pretty terrible coming back to the hotel from the first session. And I was really worried that I was just going to feel terrible in the morning. But I did all the things. I drank my fluids and I my this supplement. And man, well, you were strong the second day. We were fine. Yeah, no, I woke up this morning feeling great. I worked out, went for a walk. Incredible. <laughs> so, so detox, I'm a, if I'm you're a believer. Please sponsor us. <laughs> I told Steven I'm going to start taking it when we record the podcast and I'm drinking a big barrel-aged stout because sometimes the next day at work I'm not feeling great. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about New Belgium at all? Yeah, that was really fun. We First thing we did when we got into town was drove to New Belgium and did the tour. It was an excellent tour. It was another one of those perfect capitalist businesses (laughs) where like by not being ultra greedy, they... And they were very vocal about the fact that they all got paid a living wage. So yeah. they even had a staff doctor mm-hmm. that all the staff were able to just see, like schedule appointments with. Incredible. So they have a private doctor. Yeah. And they don't they also like don't pay anything for their health benefits. Yeah, so you for. have all this happy staff. They even we wanted to open a bottle and uh share it because I kinda just wanted to try it and they were nice enough to treat us with it and kinda shared it with everybody. Realizing that we were just gonna kinda share it with the whole bar. Yeah, I mean we were barely gonna we we were just gonna drink a little bit of it. And so I think you just realized because we were kind of trying we were toying with the idea of 
hey, can we like share this with a bunch of people around us or something? But it just like there wasn't really a good. There wasn't a good spot. Yeah, a good spot to just do that. So they, uh, yeah. So I think you just recognize like, hey, these guys are just gonna drink a little bit of this. Like, let's just open this and share this with everybody and charge us for it. So. Yeah, so that was awesome. The tour was awesome. I love too. They don't take tips there. Yeah, they pay their staff well and they don't need them. And so you just, if you want a tip, they have a tip bucket, and that they get to, the employees get to choose where the money goes to, you know, some sort of nonprofit around the community or something. So it's just yeah. one of those like really, really feel good. Yes. Things are just like it. They just do it perfectly. They just treat their people good. Yeah, everyone's happy. Yeah, there was a great um. There was like a bike rack in the back with all these. New Belgium fat tire bikes, and I was like, "Oh, like what? What is this bike collection?" And she said, "Oh, at the one at your one year anniversary working for New Belgium, you get a fat tire bike, and the design is different every year." It's so cool. Yeah, Stephen wanted to move here and work there. I know. I was like, "Where's the application?" Yeah, the tour was great. I think they give the tour guides a lot of leeway to. They serve you a ton of beer, a ton of beer, and good beer too. Um, and yeah, and and the tour is amazing. It's kind of it's like on the level of the Sierra Nevada tour and the Russian River tour, where it's like a lot of thought has gone into the tour, and you get to see basically all the steps of the process, including their very cool Merlin. Yeah. What was that? The East Tank? Is that the? It was. Yes, I think that's correct. <coughs> it, it's one of. I think they said there's only two in America. But it's this. Them and Lagunitas have one. Yeah, it's a massive tank. And rather than like fire heating it from the bottom or. Or not fire heating Oh, it. that was the boil tank. Yes, right, okay, the boil okay. tank. Yeah, and the. <clears throat> basically, like, continuously cycles the beer over this huge cone in the middle. And the cone gets insanely hot. So you have a ton of heating surface area. So you can very rapidly bring up the temperature without kind of burning some of it. It's cool. But yeah, you get to see all the tanks and. They had a slide at the end. Yeah, that slide. That was pretty legit. Um, I didn't think I was going to go down as fast as I did. It was once you got on it. Yeah, check out the gram. I think Steven put a yeah, you can reel see up the you can see GoPro the uh, version of going down the slide. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it was a really fun tour, a real feel-good place. and Obviously, they make a lot of really excellent beer. Yep. Only disappointment was they didn't have Le Terroir. They didn't have it on tap. They had like a weird the walnut weird version. Green walnut variant. That was not as good as the original. Yeah. It was not yeah, it wasn't as sour and had kind of this yeah, strange nuttiness to it, but it was okay. It just was wasn't the real thing. The beer that we the uh, bottle that we shared with the staff, it was this beer called Adding Corners. And it was really interesting because last year I was here with my wife in Denver and we went to New Belgium. Unfortunately, the tours weren't going back then. Um, so we didn't get to do that. But we, I drank this Adding Corners beer on tap and it was delicious. It was like this sour ale aged on um, in cherry, some sort of cherry barrel. I can't remember. Anyway, it was just so good. It had this great cherry complexity to it, a great sourness to it. And what was interesting is that a, this bottle that we drank uh, yesterday was a year old. Right? It was from last right. year that had aged. And so it was interesting, both from my perspective of having had it before and the staff, they all were like, oh, wow, that's really mellowed out. A lot less sour, a lot less cherry forward. It was really interesting to see how even just a year of aging had changed the beer that drastically. 
Yeah, it was wild. I still liked it, but I didn't have the original to compare to. But yeah, I don't know. Adding time is not always the best. Yeah, you're changing the... things, and sometimes you change things further than you yeah, kind of want them to change. Yeah. yeah. But no, overall, that was a really, really, really good. That was a fun experience. That tour is really, really cool. We had a, a great tour guide, I think, too, that yeah. helped. Yeah, that was great. That was a really fun addition to the trip. And we didn't hike. No. Because we're too old. <laughs> we're old and we didn't. And we are on a very short time window this time, especially, I feel. So. Yeah. By adding in that brewery visit, I think that kind of took away our hiking. It was fine. Yeah. No, it was good. Well, cool. Yeah. That was fun. GABF 2022. Yeah, and we got to record in person, so it was pretty cool. So strange. It's really weird. Yeah, let's not do this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go away. Stay. Yeah, let's go back I to the... I want you on a yeah, computer yeah. screen in the privacy of my Strange. own home. All right, well, this has been episode a very special episode 80 of Attenuation of Beer Podcast. You can reach out to us. We're on Instagram at attenuation.podcast. Steven's getting very good at reels. I would suggest you check them out. So good. <laughs> and we're also available at attenuation.contact at gmail.com. So my name is Jason, and... Gosh, I, I don't have my screen. You know, I was just going to say, like, are you okay? Yeah, I can't believe I remember the contacts, but I don't have my script in front of me. Let's see. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my best friend, eighth grade, Steven. That's me. Saying cheers, and we'll see you next week. There we go. I got it for yeah. episode 81. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Attenuation, a beer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram or Facebook for more fun content. Catch you next week. Cheers.